I suppose I, I think have you ever seen Into the Void where the guys uh, were climbing up Everest and the guy fell down that crevasse? No. Crevasse. Crevice. <laughs> it was like a huge ice <laughs> crevice. And he's like suspended in this thing and he had to he had to go down against all his better judgment. He had to go down the crevice. Almost said it again. Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put internally at your disposal. So what did you think about Interstellar? Dude, it was pretty interstellar. It was stellar. Yeah. It was great. I mean, I thought... How could this have been three hours? It was it had me on the edge of my seat, dude. Yeah. And it was one contiguous story. It wasn't like, you know, three act drama. I kinda like Batman. The Dark Knight movie I felt like was long but exciting. But it had like three separate parts, you know. Mm. I felt like Interstellar was just this one drama, you know. Um and the wormhole was dope. The whole thing, like with the time shift, and I mean, it was it was just believable enough to be mm-hmm. like, yeah, this could happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unlike unlike the sort of yeah, you know what? Interestingly, they had the Lord of the Rings, whatever preview before the movie. Oh, the, the Hobbit. The Hobbit. Yeah. And I literally thought it was an advertisement for a video game. <laughs> <laughs> is it that much computer animation? It was so, it was so hokey looking. It does, not, it does not look good. Really? It does not look good. I mean, it's it had strange. like big beasts coming over a hill that looked like ogres and they were like smashing the ground. It looked like bad guys from a video game. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was watching like, uh, what's that video game that they're always, the war game for, that you play on your phone? Clash of Clans. It looked like that. Um, but Interstellar, on the other hand, was like, I thought these people were really in space. Yeah. You know? Um, and I, they went to that ocean planet. and Dude, the ocean planet was so nuts. <laughs> and, the, and you're thinking like the whole time, like, quick, get off this planet, dude. Like, yeah. years are passing. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm surfing like... down this wave <laughs> in a spaceship. In a spaceship that looked like Millennium Falcon. It did. No, it didn't. Kind of did. Had that Not same... the Millennium Falcon. Uh, you're thinking of another Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Ship? Ship. Yeah, the one that Vader flies. Not the Millennium okay. Falcon. Mm-hmm. Millennium Falcon's circular. Like a disc. Yeah. It's like a disc? With what what did that one look like? Out. I thought it kind of had a similar discus shape. No, it was rectangular, I would say. I the Ranger? Wait, are you talking about the Ranger or Darth that... Vader's ship? The Ranger, is that what they called it in the... That was in Interstellar, Interstellar yeah. In those robots? The robots were sweet. They were really cool. I was the only one laughing in the movie theater when the robots were talking. (laughs) I thought they They were were hilarious. Super, super funny. Very funny. Uh, Matt Damon's character was a loser, though. Oh, man. I hated that guy. I could totally tell from the very beginning. Oh, yeah. When he's crying in, you know, McConaughey's arms. To the point where they're walking out in the desert, like, winter planet. When he's talking all... You know, cryptically about survival and like the your kids will be the last thing you see right before you die. Yeah. It's like, Something dude, McConaughey, like, get out of there. This guy's a total <laughs> chump and he's going to try to kill you. Yeah. Yep. And he tries to kill him the chumpest way. Oh, I know. You know? It's the worst. <laughs> he did. And then he tried to act like all courageous, like 
justify it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm going to look at you. Oh, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Good luck. This is for humanity. <laughs> right. What, what are you talking about? You're killing this guy right now. Yeah. It's interesting because I, at the end of it, spoiler alert, I mean, I definitely felt like it was it was all this really cool theoretical physics that, mm-hmm. like, pretend, like you said, there's enough in there that, like, potentially, like, this could be, like, part of reality that mm-hmm. we're that we're seeing at least, like. I mean, it's clearly sci-fi when you get wormholes and right, but it's like stuff, but... here's like a visual representation of like what could be a reality, something right. that works. Mm-hmm. And so it's very it's very fun movie in that way. But towards the end, there was just a couple things. I was like, I think they're pitching kind of like a new age atheism in huh. this that like we're just going to eventually evolve to like and we're you know and the, you know? i kept thinking when they were saying like they are helping us exactly yeah kind of i thought that they were talking it was like some divine hand and then it turns out to be worth like supposedly helping ourselves we're just like picking ourselves up right. by the bootstraps from the future right we're like setting it up so we can figure it out in the past and yeah. this whole like slingshot thing <clears throat> but it's through br- time space but it like even at the end it's brilliant and it's fun that like time could become a dimension yeah and, like you have this but then I just there was a couple of things I caught at the end where I was like I think there's definitely like, like at least some seeds there of what could be and like we're eventually just going to be able to evolve and like like hat like know what's going on you know and like have this all figured out and yeah blah blah but what was cool even in that like the one thing I noticed through it which was awesome because like we could totally agree with it as Catholics is that like the one transcendent thing. Like, the thing that even goes above all of that stuff that, like, they were trying to plant seeds was, like, love wins at the end. Like, love wins. And you can't ever, like, fully count that out. You can't ever, like, quantify Mm -hmm. that and explain it because that transcends everything. What did she say? Anne Hathaway said, uh, because her intuition was to go to the planet that the guy she was in love with had gone to. Right. She she tried to make a utilitarian argument for love. <clears throat> of like... Well, yeah, go ahead. There's a practicality to it. Mm-hmm. Of, and so she said, my love for this guy who's a world away, you know, in another mm-hmm. dimension... And could is, be dead. And could be dead, is drawing me there. Mm-hmm. But I know that I should follow it because there's no practical use to loving someone, to loving someone who's dead. Yeah. So there, because my love exists, means that there must be someone there for me to love. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a proof, and she was trying to give us a proof right. for his being alive. I took it more to mean, like, given the fact that on all accounts he's probably dead, I still love him, even if he's dead. She's saying, like, my my love transcends time, space, and even death. And like here's and it's this the reality. Only, it's the only there. thing that we perceive and have access to that does that. You know, our senses, we can't see through time to the future or past death. Can't hear anything. But love is this one thing that sort of like pierces through us and we get a sense of, of it. And yet it's beyond us. You know, it's beyond anything we can get our hands around in reality. And so like the whole time they were trying to figure out, you know, it's the key is gravity, you know, figure out the quantum data from the robots and, you know, Morse code it back to your daughter through time travel. And Inside then they'll the figure wormhole. it and they get, they'll pierce through the wormhole and yeah. the earth will be saved by cylindrical 
tubes shot out in his face. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I use the science and everything, but she's like, what if we already have this innate perception mm -hmm. that already crosses time and space? And let me trust it. Relax. Christopher Nolan, who did that movie, also did Inception. Mm -hmm. And I think he did all the Batmans too, he right? He did all the Batmans, yeah. Um, but especially with Inception, I felt like similar kind of playing with the human mind and what we're capable of perceiving. And I mean, obviously stretching, stretching things past believability, but they're just, they're just short of like, okay, you know, you might as well have Dragon Ball Z guy come through the portal with a sword and kill the bad guy. <laughs> you know, it was short of that where it's like, okay, deus ex machina, every, anything's possible. So right. who cares? You know, Iron Man's going to shoot through the wormhole and punch Megatron in the face or whatever. Right. It was like real people doing real things that you could, and you I think that, that's it. just an interesting, like taking human beings to the limit. I've always liked that story, mm -hmm. which is why I even like some zombie things where like the World War Z was great, mm -hmm. where the world is just not as it was. And how do we react? And what makes us human? Um, and what makes us civilized? What is culture? This thing? And you can only really tell at the limit, you know, when culture and civilization breaks down or when humanity's in peril, then it really comes out like, what do we really believe? Right. Um, or do our beliefs sustain us through difficulty? You know, I th sometimes I think like the rubric for whether or not something um, is worthy of belief is the opposite. Not that it would help us get through difficult times, but whether or not like, like, the fact that there are difficult times means that I can't believe, you know? So what are you going to believe in? Like when the, when it really hits the fan, you know? Well, and that was also something that, um, Alfred, I don't know what his, Michael Caine, Michael Caine, mm -hmm. what his character played on with the whole idea of like giving the hope that everyone can be saved. Mm -hmm. So he even plays on that. Right. Again, that kind of transcendental quality of faith, hope, and love, the theological virtues. But he, he makes it seem like there is a hope that you can get into outer space, even though his dying words are, it was, it was all, all a lie. Yeah. Like I'm just, I'm, I lied to these people right. so that they could do my work. They mm -hmm. could do my bidding mm -hmm. because when it all does hit the fan without faith, hope, and love, what are, what is going to sustain you? What is going right. to drive you forward? No. I mean, he knew that they would go into utter chaos without those, you know, sustaining principles of humanity. Right. Um, like the fact that they had those like crappy imitation New York Yankees playing at like the high school ball field and stuff. Like the little panatrichensis like opiate of the masses that like we can still make this work, you know, even though Earth is kind of crumbling right beneath us and all these dust storms and like we've gotten through hard stuff before. But there always has to be this is something like unique to humanity. Animals would never fight against the dying of the light, as that, that poem kept is that T.S. Eliot? Mm -hmm. um, rage, rage against the dying of the light. Mm -hmm. It kept coming through. Like, only human beings do that where they, they see the end coming and they flip out. <laughs> you know, most animals just die. They just like, they've sensed themselves it's over. So they go find a place and die. Mm -hmm. But human beings were like, this can't be the end. So we're going to like fertilize a bunch of eggs in Petri dishes and freeze them in liquid nitrogen and shoot them through a wormhole to some desert winter planet and see if we can make it work, you know, because yeah. that's better than the alternative. Um, 
I just I found myself in it. That was a really good point you just made. This is mm-hmm. a little different, but at the end, honestly, at one point in the movie, I found myself not like with a, a physical reaction that like being scared in a movie would. But just all this, this reality, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but, like, you know, space is expanding. And, like, what is out there? And, again, this visual representation of, like, what could be, mm-hmm. et cetera. I found myself kind of scared, like, just recognizing in that, of like, holy crap, this is, we live in a huge freaking universe. Right. But what was cool, what I was trying to get at before with, like, that, like, again, love is, like, what it comes back to ultimately like cannot be explained even in whatever like they were talking about in that movie it is like the transcendent reality what was cool it just hit me like right at the end was like here's all these this theoretical physics in a very big universe that i'm a speck of sand in Mm -hmm. and it's really really scary out there if we step back and think about that but it was just like but like being catholic this is not a problem mm-hmm. at all because we believe God is love. Mm-hmm. And like that, that was like the key to the whole movie for me. Like the, why I enjoyed it, honestly, mm-hmm. was like even like even in this secularized, you know, modern day movie when they're doing this, it's an awesome story. It's well mm-hmm. done. It's well acted, etc. It's like, boom, there's the reality. Mm-hmm. And like, there's the there's the church like there's Christ when yeah. it all does hit the fan like we said you yep. don't the only thing you have to fall back in is not just our scientific genius and our ability exactly. to figure it out ourselves mm-hmm. but the fact that you can rely on God brings all things to a good end mm-hmm. um, yeah I have a question for you unless you had a point to make well it ultimately is what wins the day in that movie as well mm-hmm. because. And you made me think of it when you were talking about Inception and how he always plays with this idea of time. Mm-hmm. But I, Michael Caine, his character, he has this line where, I'm not afraid of dying, I'm afraid of time, I think is what oh, he yeah. says. Mm-hmm. Um, and time is only valuable in that you can have relationships with other people, that you can experience love. Look at Dr. Mann, who, yeah. Matt Damon's character, without mm-hmm. having any relationships, which is how we experience love, he there's no he had his timer set to for no time exactly that's gonna my, that was gonna be my question yeah I mean so without that relationship in that relationship between um, Mickey was that the girl's name the daughter and Matthew McConaughey Murphy, Murphy mm-hmm. is what brings him back is what yeah. wins the day is the relationship of love cuts yeah. through all space and time all dimensions it is interesting because she's an old lady at the end right Mm -hmm. but there's still that intimate connection of love which is the reason they survive right which Mm -hmm. is the reason love wins in the end yeah that's i mean it's not the silence not the whatever you know space wormhole geometry other mathematical terms right but love that's it trigonometry trigonometry that would have been helpful so my question is if you were matt damon in that situation and you're like nobody's coming to save me but I have this sleep machine that can keep me alive indefinitely. I don't know how long. Would you get in the thing and put it to no time? Or would you like just kind of make a fire and try to eat whatever you had left and, you know, not rage. <laughs> not rage? Against the dying of the light. Just die. I, I don't know. It would be a hard question. To, like the off chance that someone might save you if you get in this tub. 
and put it on. Yeah. You know, I don't think I'd get in. Honestly, I don't think I could. Get, I don't think I could get in with an indefinite timer. Yeah, set because it could keep you alive for gosh. I don't know what kind of battery cells they had on this thing, but <laughs> yeah. I, I did think about that. Like, how warm is that water? On the like, just keeping the water warm enough. I mean, I I I don't think you could do it if you don't live in a relationship. I know we talked about the movie like Walt well, Disney fro- supposedly froze his brain, right? Or like some of these crazy rich right. people have done oh, this, yeah. where like, you know, I'm gonna freeze myself or you know, suspended animation myself, so that if they ever figure out how to cure being frozen <laughs> and polio <laughs> or whatever I am back. dying of. They can bring they, back my consciousness. They can bring me way. back and like in the body of a young man. Right. But think about the implication of that. I mean, it totally requires a materialistic view of the human person, right? That all I am is my neural networks, my brain. And so once that dies, then I cease to exist. So I might as well save the networks of my brain in case they ever figure it out. But like, we kind of think, you're trapping yourself on this side of the veil yeah. by saying, I refuse to go into the dark place of death, which, ugh, that it's kind sounds, of freaky. It's super freaky. Honestly, I don't know. And I guess I've been like, obviously having a Catholic view towards this and also have been blessed to like have lost a few loved ones that died very dignified deaths you know which was very sad at the time but you know like i really hope that whether it's soon or 60 years from now like at the end of my days like i'm ready to go Mm -hmm. you know i i to the specific question i could not do an indefinite timer Mm -hmm. i might try a hundred years yeah or something like that but at some point i i build a fire and I eat all the power bars I have left. And <laughs> yeah, and just call it a to, night. Yeah, try to enjoy, you know, a little bit of yeah. day. I'd probably sing a song. <laughs> the old space nutrients. Yeah. This has everything. Drink you all the tang that's left in the space capsule. Yep. But I'm, I mean, the only and the only reason that Walt Disney freezes his brain is because he thinks that he can he can come back to a place of people and a mm-hmm. place of relationship. That's right. Yeah. What if robots brought you back? <clears throat> right. So like this, Doctor Man. What is his hope? Like, if I wake up, what's going to be there for me? You know, and I think as Christians, as believers in God, that we have that unique ability. And that's, I mean, well, specifically to Christianity, that there's a dude who actually wants to talk with me, who actually wants to have a relationship with Mm -hmm. me, that can sustain. There are people who choose to live completely by themselves so that they can only be with God. And another thing. If you're Matt Damon on that winter planet, you know, you saw how bad, like, he wanted to see a human face that when Matthew McConaughey wakes him up, he just is, like, bawling like a child in his in his chest. That speaks to the human heart just needing, a, like, we're already a question mark to ourselves. We come mm-hmm. out of the womb and we're like, if there's nobody else here, then this is a nightmare. Right. You it, know? It's kind of a weird reflection of sin as well. Like, if you think about that character, because Anne Hathaway's character talks about he was the best of them. He was the mm-hmm. bravest. He was the strongest. He was their leader. And then he's the one that it breaks him. Yeah. And, like, you see, even in his, like, monologues with when he's wrestling and walking away from McConaughey's character of, like, the fabrication that, like, he kept waking up and there was still no one there. So he eventually, like, didn't want to do it, but he called in. Like, he sent the 
the signal that there was possible life on this planet when he knew that there wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then, like, after that, again, like, sin is like an infection. Like, mm-hmm. it, it grows. And then he's willing to, like, kill these these people in yeah. order to save himself. Oh, and, totally. Uh, it, was a, it was a domino effect. Like, exactly. the first decision he made to lie for his mm-hmm. own sake, to right. put himself before the common good, then now he's murdering Abel. Slippery so slope. Yeah. And then also, if you want to get to the Dante analogy of, like, hell just being by yourself in the frozen wasteland. I mean, or I think that's also... a warm bath in the frozen wasteland. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. All by yourself, though. <laughs> that yeah. thing can't fit, too. There was... Uh, <laughs> there was a number of scenes that were legitimate tearjerkers, all of which were McConaughey and his daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, dude. Yeah. Woo! That when he's having to leave and she's mad. Oh, man, mm-hmm. yeah. Big time. Yeah, very, very I feel like there's a stuff. little bit of a resurgence of the good father figure good father, yeah. in movies. World War Z, Brad Pitt's character is a good father. He yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, this father. guy, Matthew McConaughey, struggling to think of any other that examples. That about wraps it up, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, these guys that are not namby-pamby, they're not idiot Homer Simpsons, they're, like, right. rugged guys, but they also have this soft heart for their family, yeah. you know? Yeah. And they'll do anything to save them. I don't, I mean, cool. I don't know if there's a better story than, than the father, like, giving his life or just seeing the motion of love and how it directs you throughout time and space. Mm-hmm. Like, that's his whole thing is, I want to save my kids. Because at the very end, he knows that they're all dying and all he wants to do is just get back and see his family. Yeah. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, he just wants to love them. Mm-hmm. It. And it does. It takes you to the human limits. Mm-hmm. Like the father giving everything for his children. There's nothing stopping it, man. Yeah. To the end of time. To the end of space. Some chump on Winterland is not going to stop him, even <laughs> if he breaks his mask. <laughs> and it blows up half of the ship. Remember when they're spinning super fast to try to lock into the thing? And they're like going to G's and Anne Hathaway's like... Oh, yeah. And he's like... <laughs> Hang on. That was an insane... There's a number of times where I was like, call it quits, done, he's <laughs> Just, dead. I don't uh, know how they're going to save him. They had me convinced he was going to die on the planet. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, he's going to die. With the oxygen, with the space mask? Yeah. 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 Oh, it was... I, that is an amazing thing, because most movies, you'll be like, oh, this character's too important to die. Mm-hmm. 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 But I thought, it's possible that Anne Hathaway's going to have to take up the torch here or whatever. Well, and then when he blew up the ship, when Matt Damon blew up the ship, I was like, yep. what? Well, now they're stuck in another dimension. Mm-hmm. I like, knew he was going to go into the black hole and that there would be this long series of the oh, rooms and he was going to punch the books off the shelf. I, you didn't see yeah. that coming? No. At the beginning when he gave her the wash, I was like, done. He's going to code it. Uh, yeah. He's going to no. use that as a Morse code. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, now, gosh. Predictable much? At the end, at the end, I didn't really understand, like, when the wormhole collapsed, and he was just floating through space. Mm-hmm. Had he... The understanding was that he had been in space for like 130 years. He had been in that wormhole for so long. You, for, di- you didn't understand that? And and then I didn't get it. Are you, are you serious? Yeah. It's like so easy to understand. <laughs> Explain it to me. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. I had the same exact question. But he was in the black hole. Right. And then... Which the whole idea... I. This isn't an explanation, but maybe a a little bit of one is that like that whole like time being relative thing like in mm-hmm. 
in the black hole, even like once they were, if you remember the dialogue between, because Anne Hathaway didn't know he was going to have to like release his ship or whatever into right. to get her around it. Like all of that from the gravity around the black hole, like time for them was moving at like seconds to our days type mm-hmm. thing. And they say that then. Mm-hmm. So, so I just, I took it as a solely like, like his time in the black hole was just way slower. But I didn't know well, how so he got different. out of it. Yeah. How did he get out of it? That I don't know. But well, all of he a got, he was floating, and then he's right. floating. But he got out of it because future us closed it once the message had been sent through. Is it? Well, we oh. we no longer have need for because remember we put that black hole there. Future us. So is that a room for a sequel? Well, I don't think it's room. Just for called a future sequel. us. Future Interstellar, the sequel. Anne Hathaway shakes the hand. Which was future? Which is mm-hmm. future? Now, I'll tell you something that did blow my brains out was when they're on the water planet, and the lady was like, Anne Hathaway was like, "Yeah, whoever, whoever they sent there, I don't know who it was. Oh yeah, but probably landed like and died minutes like, ago. yeah, yeah, you know, not even less than that if they yeah. were there for twelve. Like one wave had gone mission. by or something. Yeah. you just missed them, man. That person has only been dead for like. Yeah, you know, a minute or something like that. Right. That was that was a cool scene. Even when they came back and it had been twenty three years, and the guy on the ship was all like, "Oh, because he could have left." Yeah, he could have left, right. and he sat there for twenty three years. Was it twenty three years? Give me a break, dude. We're scientists. <laughs> yep, absolutely. This has been pretty heady science episodes. So. Yeah, we should probably dumb it down. Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisk, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. Down.